Welcome to part one of a new series called The Names of God. My name is Chad Roberts. I'm so glad you're joining us today on Awakened Radio. And as we begin this new series, we're going to talk today about the first name or the first title revealed in the Bible about God, and it's called Elohim. And in this name, which as God reveals his character and who he is, we're going to see how God is creator. And if God is indeed creator, that means he's the owner, that means he's the sustainer of all things. And if God is creator, owner, and sustainer, then that means ultimately he is judge. I hope you enjoy part one of this new series called The God Of. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. Notice what it says. In the beginning, God, Elohim, would be the Hebrew text. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you're going to take notes today, I encourage you to do so. I'm going to go a little fast because i got a lot to cram in. So if you miss something, don't worry. You can go back and catch it on the app. But Follow me today and, uh, and take some notes, but don't worry about getting everything, all right? Because there's going to be a lot to cram in. This type of sermon is highly important to me because let me tell you one of my main goals as a pastor. Not only do I want to see you following Christ, not only do I want to see you taste and experience the goodness of God and the life change that comes through the gospel of Jesus, But one of my great goals as a pastor is that I want to see your worldview. In other words, the way you see the world, the way you perceive, the the way that you think, the way that you process. I want to see your worldview, not only A, be Christian, but B, I want it to be biblical. I want your worldview to be shaped not by my teaching, or not by your grandmother, or however it was that you were raised. I want to see your worldview be shaped by the Bible. I don't want to see your worldview be shaped by CNN, or by Fox News, or social media, and that's such a danger in the world that we live today. I want to see your worldview be shaped by what the Bible teaches Because let me tell you how relevant the Bible is. The Bible is so relevant that Jesus said, when the earth has passed away, when the heavens are passed away, it is the word of God that's going to remain and be eternal. So that's what I want to see shape the way I think and the way I feel, especially about the issues that our culture wrestles with. How many of you know there is an absolute war a spiritual war that is raging in our culture right now. And I don't want to see the news media shape your thoughts or see whatever political mess you affiliate yourself with shape your worldview. I want the Bible to shape your worldview because that's eternal. Now, let's understand some things. First of all, I want you to see the name Elohim is one of the oldest forms of uh, description of deity in the history of humanity. But when God 
says, I am Elohim. It meant something massive to the Hebrew people. And I pray today that through the Holy Spirit we'll feel the weight of it ourselves. The word Elohim, just in Genesis chapter 1, is used 32 times. The word Elohim, particularly when the Old Testament writers, they would take, whenever you see in the Bible, the Lord God, what a great name. The Lord God, that is Yahweh and Elohim. And it's used 2,500 times in the Old Testament text. It's a great title for God. And in this name, Elohim, what it reveals to us about God, if you're taking notes, note this, it reveals that God is creator. He is creator. Now, there are massive implications to this. There are massive things at stake. And today I'm going to argue as best I can. I'm going to present the case as best I can to you that God is indeed creator of the universe. Because there's a lot at stake if you don't believe he's creator. Where we're going today is four main points. Number one, we're going to see Elohim, God, as creator. Number two, we're going to see God as owner. Number three, we're going to see God as sustainer. And lastly, number four, we're going to see God as judge. (coughs) I believe that one of the reasons why Satan attacks the idea of creation The idea of God Almighty being creator is because this is one of his last great rebellions against God in the story of humanity. Do you realize that up until the day of John Milton, who wrote the classic book, Paradise Lost, up until the day of John Milton, when he penned the amazing book, Paradise Lost, do you realize that in the Western world, and Western thinking, and Western culture, do you realize that there was not even a, 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 there was not even a word, there was not even a term in the English language for someone that did not believe in the existence of God? Until the day of John Milton. There was not even a word in our English vocabulary in the Western world that could even describe someone who did not believe in the existence of God. And now, what is that word? We know it well. Atheism. I believe that, you know, my children are little right now, and and so there's a lot of cartoon watching going on in our house. Matter of fact, it's so casual that even when the kids aren't there and TV's in the background, I mean, Sadie aren't paying attention, it's on cartoons. And I'll look at her and say, why are we watching cartoons? I know all the theme songs. PJ Mask, got it. Doc McStuffins, I know it. I know them all. Muppet Babies, it's one of my favorites, but I know it. I'm amazed that even within the cartoons... There is an agenda to discredit God as creator. You you know this, right? You see it too. Listen, there is, this is the last, one of the last great rebellions of Satan against God Almighty. Why? Because here's what, this is what is at stake for you, for your children. 
This is what is at stake. If we do not acknowledge God as creator, how will we ever acknowledge God as judge? Do you see the agenda? If we will not acknowledge him as sovereign, all authority, all power, as Elohim, creator God, we will not acknowledge him as judge. So here we live in dangerous, dangerous waters that other cultures have never lived in. Where God is discredited, God is disproved, God is laughed at, God is mocked. And it's our responsibility as Christ's followers to have such a solid biblical worldview that for us, the issue is not Democrat, Republican. For us, the issue is not conservative, liberal. For us, the issue is not these, all these hot-button issues that would so distract the church. No, for us, the issue is the Bible. That's the issue. So we begin Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. My friends, if you have a problem with that, you A, have a problem with the Bible, you B, have a massive problem with your creator, God Almighty. What an insult to say for the clay to say to the potter, I don't believe in you. These are massive implications. So let's understand the word a little better. So this word is used 2,500 times in the Old Testament. It's used 32 times just in Genesis chapter 1. The word Elohim actually has a meaning of plurality. Now this is very important, okay? Don't let me lose you on this. Uh, the, the fact that it, it, it is plurality in Genesis 1.26, God is going to say, the Bible is going to say, God said, let us make man in our own image. Now, there's several things there. First of all, he's saying, let's make man in our image. What does that mean? That God looks like us? Absolutely not. God is a spirit. And that's why when God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, that's why when we die, our physical death, what happens to this physical body? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, earth to earth. We return out of the dust. We return to the dust. Why? Because it's out of dust that we are created. But this isn't who God is, and this isn't who you truly are. All those imperfections that you see in the mirror, that's not who God made you to be. Who you truly are is a soul. And that's why when God breathed, when God created Adam out of the dust, what did God do? He breathed life into him. He breathed his soul. He breathed spirit into man. And God, Elohim, plurality, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Genesis 1.26, let us, who's he speaking to? The Trinity. Let us make man in our own image. And thus we are a soul. We're spirit. We, that's why we believe when we die, when we take our final breath to be absent from the body, what absent? Your soul absent. What's created in the very image of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? 
Now, don't let me lose you on here. Someone, someone said very well, should you try to explain the Trinity, you'll lose your mind. Should you try to explain it away, you may lose your soul. So let's be careful here. We believe, as the Bible reveals, that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three individuals, yet one. We don't believe we worship three individual gods. We believe we worship one God that coexists and is co-equal, as the Scriptures reveal. Now, in my own limited thinking, in my own mind, I have a hard time. I can accept it by faith as God enables me, but I can't fully explain the Trinity to you. But let me tell you how comfortable I am with this. I'm okay not being able to understand fully God because my thinking is if I could fully understand God, then why would I need God? If I could fully, if I could fully comprehend him, why, why would I need him? I'm okay not understanding everything. Paul said, on this side of eternity, we see through a glass darkly. We see through a glass dimly. We don't know all there is to know, and we're not supposed to know all that there is to know. We are to walk by faith. Now, the Bible teaches that God is a trinity, Elohim. Let us make man in our own image. And listen, say amen if you're with me right now, because this is going to get exciting. We see God in creation, Elohim, Trinity in creation. We see Elohim, Trinity in salvation. Walk with me through Genesis 1 for a moment. Here's what we see. We know that the Bible teaches that God the Father spoke the world into existence. That's how God creates. He speaks things. He speaks and it creates. God didn't have angels up in heaven putting land together. He didn't do that. No, he just spoke the world into existence and out of the speaking it created, amen? Why? Because he's God. He's Elohim. God isn't, he, listen, he's not bound the way that we're bound to the fit, laws of physics and the laws of, he created the laws. So you can't talk to God as though he's someone who's bound by that. Amen? Let me just get real personal with you for a moment. You know what the doctors have told me, right? They say there's nothing they can do for me. They say that my left eye, my retina is detached, and they even said it's dead. When they did the last surgery, they removed the lens out of my eye. Should God, in his sovereign and amazing power, Choose to open that eye. Do you realize what a miracle God would have to do? God would have to recreate my lens. God would have to reform and give me a new retina. And I realize that there are some listening today that you honestly, in your heart of hearts, you go, Chad, I'm sorry, my friend, but I think you're a little crazy. Well, that's okay. Because let me tell you, the God to whom I pray to, I don't pray to a mere mortal I do not pray to a man who is limited as though I am limited. I do not pray to a man who's limited by medicine or by science or by technology. No, no, no. I pray to Elohim. I pray to the God who gave me my first retina. I pray to the God who formed my first lens. And you think God can't do it again? Excuse me. You're crazy. God can most certainly do it. Amen? And do you understand, when God reveals his name, 
God reveals his character and it changes the way that we pray. So when I go to God, I'm not going to a man. No, I'm going to Elohim. God, my creator, and he can recreate whatever he chooses to recreate. That's why when we do this healing service on March 31, don't you dare sit there and say, God can't do it. He's creator. He can do anything. Amen? I tell you right now, if Ford is smart enough to build replacement parts, you think God doesn't have replacement parts? You think I'm not under warranty? Amen? I'm redeemed. I am redeemed. And I've got warranty to me. Amen? I'm telling you, you're crazy if you don't believe this. You're crazy. Don't tell me I'm crazy. He's God, creator. We see him in in creation because now watch this, watch this. The Father spoke the world into existence. We know that the Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, didn't he? He hovered over the face of the deep. But what did the Son do? Well, we know based on Colossians, we know that Without him, nothing was made. And we know that the word of his, just the power of his word holds the universe together. That's what the Bible says. But here's something I never saw until last month. We spent a month in Genesis. Keith Sturgill amazingly taught a seminar called Jesus in Genesis. And if you missed it, it's on the app and the website. You need to go back and watch it. And I never saw this before. In creation, God created the sun, the moon, the star, the stars. He separated day and night. And, but listen, before he did this, <coughs> excuse me, before there was ever a sun or ever a moon, there was light. Where did that light come from? I never saw it. I never saw it till Keith taught it. Where did that, when God said, let there be light, and there's no sun, there's no stars, there's no where did that light come from? John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in Him is the light of the world. It's Christ that was that light, Amen. So we see Elohim, we see Trinity, we see God Almighty, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so we see it in salvation. Someone has wonderfully said, it was the Father who planned our salvation. It was the Son who purchased our salvation. And it is the precious Holy Spirit who personalizes our salvation. Amen? Elohim is all over us. Elohim. So we see God, number one, number one as creator. Now it's important, number two, if God is indeed creator, and we believe he is, if God is creator, then that means, number two, he is owner. He owns everything, and he owns everyone. Forgive me if if my memory is slipping, but I believe it's Psalm 24, verse one, I believe. It says, the earth is the Lord's, And the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. 
Do you see God as owner of everything in your life? Do you see God as owner of the days in which you'll live? Do you see your days in the palm of God's hand? Do you see your income? And do you see your own resources? Do you see your retirement? Do you see your health? Do you see uh, your children and your family? Do you see everything that God has given you as though he is the owner of all things? No, the Bible says in Chronicles, the gold is mine. The silver is mine. The land is mine. Everything belongs to the Lord. Amen? Not only everything, but everyone. Do you know what confidence this gives me? This gives me confidence that when I'm praying for a loved one, I'm able to say, God, you created them. You created them. God, would you save them? You created them, Lord. You know them. Save them in Jesus' name. Gives me confidence that when I run short or God's told me to do something or I need help with my bills or I need help with some payment or I need help in some resource. I have confidence to be able to go to God and say, God, you own it all. Would you help me this month, Lord? Would you help me? I shared with you some weeks ago when we taught on giving, but I just want to share this again briefly. You know, when we were in our old building on Main Street and it was much more than what I could afford or the church afford. We went into it by faith, needing the Lord's help. And I was scared. I was as scared as I could be. There was a cubby hole in a small hallway right beside my office. And the Lord spoke to me that day. We, I was moving into my office and I was praying and I said, God, I, I hope I've made the right decision. I'm so scared. And I'll never forget, the Lord told me He said, Chad, I want you to write down, write by hand, because I didn't know then. I was so young. The Lord was teaching me how to plan. The Lord was teaching me how to look ahead. The Lord was teaching me how to plan my month. And the Lord said, I want you to write by hand. He was so specific. You know, sometimes the Lord will tell you specific things to do. I was not to type it on a computer. I I was not to let it roll over month after month. The Lord said, I want you to write down every expense, every single expense you have. I want you to handwrite it. And the Lord told me, the Lord said, the first of every month, I'll pass by. I'll read it. And I'll pay every bill. My friends, he paid every single bill, every single one of them. Why? Because not only is he creator, he's owner. He owns all things. And he can get you what you need. He can supply for you. He can help you. Paul was so confident that he said, having all sufficiency in all things, at all times, that we may abound in every good work. When you pray about something and you need something, say, God, is this your will? Is this what you want me to do? If it is, then don't even worry about it because God will take care of it. Hudson Taylor said it so well. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. And I believe that. Let me tell you, the only things I found in my ministry that God didn't provide for were the things that I wanted to do, and he never told me to do them to even start with. But everything that God has told me to do, Ephesians 2, 18, those things I'm created in Christ Jesus to walk in, every good work that God wants me to do, I'm going to abound in it, having all sufficiency at all times, in all seasons. Why? Because God owns 
everything. And he'll meet my needs, Philippians 4, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And he'll do you the same. He owns it all. Do you live your life from the view, from the perspective that God owns it all? I hope you do. Lastly, or I'm sorry, number three. If we see God, Elohim, as creator, we see God, Elohim, as owner, then you and I must see him as sustainer of all things. Sustainer of all things. Do you and I see him this way? Because listen, when we pray the name of God, when we pray the name Elohim, what are we saying to God? We're saying, God, we recognize that not only have you created all things, you sustain all things. There's a lot to that name. You know, the way I think of it, there's a lot of wonderful children in our church, right? A lot of one. Buku's of children. If you're praying about having kids, you're in the right church. Just drink our water. <laughs> or have Terry Whitson pray for you. He prayed for me when I didn't have any kids, and now I've got four of them. I should have rethought that. <laughs> but listen, of all the wonderful children in our church, and I love them, they'll run up to me, they'll hug my leg. Listen, all, all of the kids... They can call me pastor, they can call me Chad, they can call me Pastor Chad, preacher, hey you, they call me whatever. But listen, there's only four in the building who have the right to call me daddy. Only four. That they have a right to call me father. Do you realize that out of this entire world today, out of this entire city today, there are only a few who have the right to call him Heavenly Father, Abba, Papa. Does God love everyone? Oh, yeah. Do I love all kids? Oh, yeah. But there are only a few. What did the Bible say? To as many as those who believe, to them gave he the right to be called sons of God. There's only a few. They have the right to call him heavenly father. And let me tell you, you're born again today. You're washed in the blood today. You are blood bought by Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. Let me tell you, you have the right to pray to him. You have the right to approach his throne. You have the right to call him Elohim and find help in your time of need. You have that right. So Psalm chapter 102, let's talk about this for a moment and we'll close. Psalm chapter 102, verse 25. Now listen, we've, we've talked about creator, we've talked about owner. Let's talk for a second about sustainer. Listen what he says. Of old, you laid the foundations of the earth. It wasn't anything to evolve. He spoke it into existence. Of old, you laid the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. 
Glory to God. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment and you will change them like a robe. They will pass away, but you will stay the same and your years will never come to an end. Glory to God. We know that this world's not gonna last. We know it because that's what the Bible teaches. They'll, one day he'll change this world out like a garment. He'll change it like a robe. There'll be a new heaven and there'll be a new earth, amen? Glory to God. That's what the Bible teaches. But we've talked about creation. Let me talk about our world for a moment. Let me talk about what happens when your world falls apart. What happens when my world falls apart? What happens when we get scared in life? Let me tell you, my world may change, but God stays the same. Your world may change, but God stays the same. And if you're scared today, if you have a dwindling paycheck today, if you're walking through a divorce that is not of your choosing today, if you're going through a season of life, if you're going through a job change, if you're going through emotional things, if, listen, there are some of you listening, you suffer from mood disorders. You're up one day, you're down the other. Let me tell you, no matter how we change, God stays the same. And if you and I will put our eyes on Jesus, if you and I will pray to Elohim, the God who is solid, the God who is constant, the God who never changes, I'm telling you, to knock It'll knock that, that, that fright out of us. It will take away being scared out of us. Perfect love, cast out fear, amen? Last night, I knew I needed a good night's sleep. And last night, my little girls, they love for me to tell them scary stories. And I love to scare them. I love it. I love it. We got so many stories around our house. I mean, oh gosh. Well, last night it backfired on me. Emmy was scared, and she didn't want to sleep in her bed. She wanted to sleep in my bed. <sighs> and you know what that means? That meant she's going to kick me all night long. And Emmy's five. And she'd come in our room crying, Emmy, go to bed. She'd come in the room crying, Emmy, we're not going to tell you, go to bed. She'd come in crying again. I mean, we threatened her within an inch of her life. And finally, it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock, it was late, and I can hear her laying in her bed. I said, I don't care. I told Sadie, I said, she is not getting in this bed. I know. And I'm preaching to the choir, aren't I? <laughs> well, all of a sudden, guess what I began to hear? I, I want my daddy. I want my daddy. And Sadie, Sadie, as smart aleck as she could, what are you going to do now? She said, you don't hear her? You don't hear her? Of course I hear her. <laughs> Emmy, get in here. <laughs> Let me tell you what the Bible says. 
The Bible says that his ears are open to the cry of the righteous. His eyes are upon the righteous. He knows those who belong to him. He knows us. He knows us. And when you and I pray the names of God, when you and I call upon the name of God, let me tell you, it does something to the heart of the Father. It does something to the heart of the Father. See, church, this is why you don't have to manipulate God. You don't have to try to make God feel sorry for you. He has pity on his children the way we do. And even better, because Jesus said, if you being earthly fathers are evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does our heavenly father know how to help his children? How much more? You better know God will help us, amen? He's sustainer. And when your world falls apart, God will remain the same. When your world flips upside down, God will remain the same. And he can sustain you through any change. He can sustain you through any trial. He can sustain you through any heartache. He'll sustain you through any sorrow. God will help you. For he's a present help in the time of trouble. And then lastly today, if we view Elohim as creator, if we view Elohim as owner, if we view Elohim as sustainer, oh, then we must see him. Then we must view him. We must understand him as sovereign judge. C.S. Lewis said it very well. In his day, C.S. Lewis said, the ancients had it right. They saw God as judge and man down in the dock. But in our day, we have reversed the roles. It is man as judge and God down in the dock. We have it wrong, my friends. We have it wrong. Do you view God as the one that you will one day stand and give an account for your life for? Do you view God as the one that you will answer to? Do you view God as the one that you'll stand before his throne? And on that day, it won't matter what your politics were. It won't matter what your background was. It won't matter how your mom and dad were or how they raised you. It won't matter what your friends thought or what society taught, or what culture did. It won't matter how you even thought. What will matter is thus saith the Lord. That's what will matter on that day. You and I will one day stand before God, and when we stand before him, he'll be judged, not us, and not other people. It'll be God and God alone. I want to encourage you To examine your own thinking and say, will this line up with the judge? Will this line up with the judge? Will this line up with the judge? Not does it align to culture. Not does it align to your friends. Not even does it align to you. There are many things, listen to me. There are many things that I believe, not because I want to, but because it's what the Bible teaches. See, I've allowed the Bible 
to shape my worldview? Have you? Have you? God is judge, and one day we will stand beside it before him, in front of him. And on that day, will you be prepared? Will you be ready? Will you have acknowledged him here that he may acknowledge you there? Let's bow our heads today. I don't know what your view of God is. I know this, the great A.W. Tozer once said, what is the first thing that comes into our minds when we think of God is the most important thing about us. I don't know your perception of God today. I don't know if you're right with him. I don't know if your life is right. I don't know. But I know that one day, he's gonna judge each of us. I want my judgment to have been settled at Calvary. That's where I want my judgment to have been settled. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Do you see God the way he wishes you to see him? And friends, that's with the lens of the Bible. Or have you made up things about God? Things that you want to believe. Things that you want to think. People say silly things, silly things about God. No, read the Bible. Believe the Bible. I don't know how you need to pray today. But I know how I want to pray. I want to say, Elohim, I acknowledge you as my creator. I acknowledge you as my owner. I acknowledge you as my sustainer. And I acknowledge you as my judge. Help me, Elohim. Help me. Help me. Like David prayed in the Psalms, remember, oh God, remember that our frames are weak and we are but dust. Remember that about us, Lord. Remember us. How do you need to pray today? If you need to come to the altar, you are most welcome. Perhaps there are areas of your life that God doesn't own. Perhaps there's areas of your work life that is kind of hands off with God. Perhaps there's areas with your money that it's hands off with God. Perhaps there's areas of your hobbies or even your vocabulary where it's hands off with God that you need to back up and go, no, 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 I've been wrong. God owns all of me, all of me. Help us today, Lord. Help us today. Maybe you need the sustainer today. Maybe your world is flipped upside down. Maybe things are chaos. Maybe you feel like the sky is falling and you need God who is always the same, always consistent to step into your life and just settle things. And strengthen and establish your heart today. Let me tell you, friends, he's Elohim. When the world wears out, 
when he changes the heavens like a robe, God is still going to remain. Maybe you need healing in your body today. And maybe for the first time ever, you've really seen God as creator. And because he's creator, oh, he can be healer. (laughs) What a small thing. What a small thing for the creator. What a small thing. And maybe for you, healing feels like it's out of reach. Maybe there's mental disorders. Maybe there's mood or behavior disorders that you just feel like you'll never be free from. No, my friend, let me tell you, God can heal you today. God can heal you. Maybe you suffer from depression. Maybe you're suffering from anxiety and life is being choked out of you. God can heal you today. Why? Because he's creator God. That's why. Maybe you look around your life and you go, I don't see how anything could change. Well, let me tell you, friends, God can step right in the middle of your mess and he can recreate your world. He can do that because he's creator. He's creator. Can you see how Satan, oh, oh, can you see how Satan wants to diminish the creatorship of God because he wants to take away his sovereignty. He wants to take away his power. He wants to rob him of his rule. But no, no, not us. Not us, the people of God. We full well acknowledge the the reign and the rule of Jesus. We acknowledge it. We celebrate it. We pray for it. We exalt in it. We have faith in it. What a difference. No matter what you need today, God is all sufficient. God is all sufficient. He's Elohim. He's Elohim. He's Elohim. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. (coughs) Father, I thank you that you're working in my life. I thank you that you're sustaining me in this hour of difficulty. You're giving me grace upon grace. And I thank you publicly for it, Lord. I thank you, God, for the creative power that you have to heal me. And I walk in that healing. I walk in it, Jesus. You don't lack in anything. You don't lack in anything. Just as all of my sins are forgiven, all of my sicknesses are healed in Jesus' name. Psalm 103, 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all of our iniquities. Who heals all of our diseases. I thank you, God. There's nothing lacking in Elohim. Nothing lacking in you. Nothing lacking in you. Work in our lives, Lord. Work in our lives. As we finish today, I want us to pray right now for March 31. I want us to pray for this, what we feel is a God-ordained day. That today really begins the march toward it. It's eight weeks, eight sermons. 
We're gonna be talking about the God of peace. We're gonna be talking about the God of provision. We're gonna be talking about the God El Shaddai more than enough. I mean, we're gonna talk about the God who fights our battles, the God of victory. We're gonna have a great series, a great two months. But we're gonna end the series, March 31, with the God of miracles, Jehovah Rapha, the God, our healer, amen? And I want you to pray right now. We're gonna pray for people with mental disorders. We're gonna pray for broken marriages. We're gonna pray for physical afflictions. We're gonna pray for emotional uh, uh, afflictions. We're gonna pray for these things that there is just going to be healing upon healing upon healing. Amen. Let me tell you, Tuesday night may have been the greatest prayer meeting I've ever been in in my entire life. And I say that a lot. But it really took the cake. And you wouldn't believe all that God did this Tuesday. Crazy things. Supernatural things. And I'm telling you, God is speaking to me every day. God's telling me, Chad, I want to use you guys. We're going to bring the supernatural into the natural. Amen? And we're going to watch God do what only God can do. But why can't he do it? Because he's Elohim. It makes perfect sense. If you're a person of faith, I want us to pray right now for that day and for every person who's going to be here that day. God, every person in our community that you want here this day, every person suffering from afflictions, God, would you draw them? Would you bring them? Let them hear about it. Put it in their hearts. And God, would you do something on this day that only heaven can do? It's not by man. It's not by our strength. It's not by our might. It's not by our power. It's by the Holy Spirit and that alone. Would you do it, God? Would you do it? Would you do it? Would you do it for your glory, for your honor in Jesus' name? Do it to exalt yourself. Do it to magnify yourself. Do it for your glory alone and for our joy. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. I pray for the next seven weeks that we're on target. I pray for the next seven weeks we're laser focused. I pray for the next seven weeks we have a resolve about us that we're going to be here. We're going to pray through. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to memorize scripture. We're going to quote the Bible. We're going to believe the Bible. We're going to stand on the word and we're going to watch God do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle because it's the workings of God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just thank the Lord today. Let's just thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.